You are listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 29 West Tolpehawken Street. For more information, visit us at circleofhope.net. I was thinking about this week how I like to think of myself as a good listener, but really, I am not always a good listener. You can ask my family for confirmation on that. Um, There are many times that I am only half listening. I can get caught up in something in my own head, and what's being said to me doesn't really sink in. I don't know if you can relate to this at all. Uh, I might be physically present, but my mind is somewhere else, so I I can't really listen very well. I'm one of those people who actually, like, I can't play music and uh, study or write at the same time. I, like, I have to have silence. For me, I I really need to tune in and focus on one thing. I actually recently turned off the notifications on my phone, most, almost all of them, because I realized that by having them, they were demanding my attention, which, of course, is what they are designed to do. Um... I thought I was ignoring them, though, but they're actually really very effectively getting me to pay attention and to listen. I never never didn't notice a notification. So I'm working on being a better listener in in these small, tangible ways. Uh, For better or for worse, I I have developed this habit. Often I tell my kids, "I'm, I'm not available. Because if I'm caught up in something in my head, I I look to them like I'm available to listen to what they're saying. But uh, I just have to say, give me a minute. I'm not available. Just just a minute. Because I know that um, my mind is somewhere else, and I have to kind of finish what I'm doing first to be able to listen well. So I want to talk about listening to the Holy Spirit today. Uh, It's actually so easy, I think, to not notice what the Spirit of God is saying to me. And maybe, maybe my phone has actually trained me more than I think because um, I might register something like, oh yeah, that happened, but then I just go right back to whatever I was doing or thinking already and just keep moving. So since we moved to this building, uh, We've been spending a few weeks talking about the Holy Spirit since the day of Pentecost that we celebrated together, how it is that God moves among us through the Spirit. So tonight I want to talk about how we listen to and and cooperate with the Spirit. I think it takes practice. Jesus told this religious leader, Nicodemus, The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. So it is. We do not know where the Spirit will move next or how the Spirit will lead us. We have to listen. I was thinking about, I I think that listening for a small voice of God within us and cooperating with the promptings of the Spirit is like the most basic part to living a life with God. I'm speaking a lot tonight from ideas from 
Timothy Jeffreyon's book, Saying Yes to God. He talks about how a spirit-led living is not magical or astounding. Generally, it's, it's straightforward. It's often subtle. And it's extremely practical. He says, keeping in step with the spirit has to be learned, not because it's complicated or reserved for the highly educated or the gifted few, but because it's so natural and simple that some of us can miss the spirit's leading while looking for something more dramatic. We can end up floundering around in our spiritual lives, looking for something that might never come because we lack confidence in the little promptings that God is giving us. So I hope we can listen to the little promptings that God is giving us even tonight throughout this meeting. You might have heard something already. Uh, so, so that we can practice this discipline in our life together. So let me pray for us before we go on. God, thank you that you are present to us through your spirit, that you do speak to us in many ways. Help us cultivate our ability to listen and respond both individually and together. We need each other as we journey together in faith. In your name we pray, amen. So the Bible talks a lot about listening. Uh, there are hundreds of verses in the Hebrew scriptures and the New Testament where believers are told to hear or listen. And when Jesus was baptized, God spoke, and a voice from the cloud said, this is my son whom I, whom I have chosen. Listen to him. Jesus spoke of himself as a good shepherd whose sheep listened to his voice. And after his death and resurrection, the Holy Spirit takes his place as our guide. Often the way that the Spirit speaks is when something gets our attention through scripture, in nature, through others who give us a message that we might need to hear, or when we feel some kind of inner prompting to move in one direction or another. But it does take discernment. How do we know that it's from God? The Spirit's goal is to bring us, bring truth to us in ways that draw us close to God, enlighten our understanding and actually transform us. We can test out what we're hearing and discerning because we will, over time, become more like Christ. Or as Paul put it, conform us to the likeness of God's Son. So by repeated encounters with God through scripture and prayer and the body, each other, it, it changes us. The simple path for listening and cooperating is to reach out to God from our hearts and our minds and making the effort to notice and to trust that God is reaching out to us. That might be hard to trust for some of us, but the whole story of scripture is one that tells how throughout time and place, God has been reaching out to all of humanity. 
The story of God's love for us is one of inclusion and expansion, not of exclusion and withdrawal. With, with the coming of Christ and then the, whole, the pouring out of the Holy Spirit on all believers at Pentecost, like we talked about the other week, God is no longer seeing, seen as this external resource, but as a constant internal presence that offers intimacy and real transformation. So when we listen and cooperate with the Holy Spirit, we're saying yes to God. And that happens like moment by moment and day by day. I, <clears throat> I admitted to someone this week that with the start of uh, our family's summer schedule and the move of this congregation, I feel like my personal disciplines got all out of whack. And a number of people that I've talked to have said something similar. I think the regular discipline of reading scripture and prayer and paying attention, it fuels our life with God and it gives us a chance to listen and to hear. We don't have enough on our own. We're, we, we will end up swimming around in our own choices and consequences, trying to sort out what's best all the time. Saying yes to God is about listening and responding in like simple everyday acts that draw us toward God and out of our isolation and control or the illusion of our control. Listening to the inner prompting of the spirit and saying yes is life-giving and expansive. God will sustain us and keep calling us into our own transformation as we participate in a spirit-led life together. So I just want to tell you one little story of a way that I experienced this inner prompting um, a few weeks ago, I was reading Psalm 52 one morning. I'm not going to read it now, but I recommend it. In it, the psalmist is crying out against the one in power who practices deceit and loves evil rather than good, falsehood rather than speaking truth. And it was really resonating with me and helping me to pray what I needed to pray but I noticed at the beginning of the psalm, there's a little description right at the top that says, for the director of music, a maskil of David, when Doeg the Edomite had gone to Saul and told him, David has gone to the house of Ahimelech. I had no idea what that meant. So I followed the cross reference and I went back, it, it took me back to 1 Samuel. I wanted to know the origin of this psalm and where it was coming from. It's been a while since I read 1 Samuel, so I kind of got caught up in the story. It's very dramatic. And I got to the part where David fights Goliath. It stood out to me, um, actually, the week that we moved here. Here's this towering giant of a man He's mocking this small servant of the king, actually all of the king's army. And Goliath says, am I not a Philistine and are you not servants of Saul? Like he's taunting them. Why do you come out and line up for battle? Don't you know how absurd this is? He's saying essentially like, don't you know who I am? 
Don't you see how big I am? Don't you know how small you are? You are a servant, and I am a superpower. This is what I was writing as I was just trying to like get into the story. You are a servant, I am a superpower. You are a remnant, and I am an empire. It got me going on like what the you are messages that I listen to all the time. It got me thinking about what towers over me, taunting me, and my ability to act, and affecting my courage to move. So then later that week, when I was out flyering door to door, I went up and down Tulpahawken Street across Germantown Avenue, inviting people to come to our splash party. It occurred to me how small this act seemed. Even, even our presence here, extending ourselves to know our neighbors and create a community of radical disciples of Jesus from across the whole region, I felt so small with my party flyers because I could see that this, this stark contrast even on both sides of Germantown Avenue. I could see the economic and racial disparity of this very neighborhood where I've lived for 15 years. It's like there's this historic giant of systemic racism that has profoundly impacted Germantown and all of Philadelphia. Uh, don't you know how big I am? Don't you know how small you are? How could Circle of Hope in Germantown or any Northwest neighborhood have an impact on decades of inequitable mortgage lending practices and effective cutoffs of resources to neighborhoods and groups of people and generational wealth gaps. It's really easy to feel small. In the US, the sin of racism impacts everything we experience. It's a fact of life for which the dominators are accountable. So how can we stretch across barriers, across racial and ethnic and cultural divides? By flyers? By relationships? In cells? Knocking on doors? Calling people together in cells and Sunday meetings like this? And splash parties on the front porch? Working to demand justice, not just peace. It was exciting to me to be reminded this week that through our um, Compassion Team Development Without Displacement, we are a part of the Philadelphia Coalition for Affordable Communities, and we helped to raise $70 million into the Housing Trust Fund, not raise, but get it into the Housing Trust Fund, to be used to develop affordable housing. So we'll keep working at it, at what it takes to be anti-racist, diverse community that represents the new humanity. And being in Germantown is just another opportunity for that, anywhere we are, really. But this is something I keep hearing from God about working to cross boundaries and cultures and build relationships. To be a diverse congregation is so important because it is part of working with God, saying yes to the work that the Spirit of God is already doing. Crossing cultures, uh, 
Diversity is the way that God has used to grow the church all throughout scripture. And it doesn't just happen organically. We are swimming upstream and the current is strong, as my friend said to me this week. And I agree. But it does happen in little everyday decisions of saying yes when the spirit prompts us. Flyering, talking to my neighbor, asking for help, admitting my need, humbly learning from those around me, teaching my kids to identify privilege, being rooted in my community. There are lots of ways to cooperate with the spirit on this. I don't expect that we will topple the giants like David did. Uh, that's, not, that's not where I'm going. This is not a direct ap applying of the story for some principle or universal truth. But the spirit is nudging me to keep acting and to start talking more about issues of race and privilege, so I offer it here. And, and what happened in that experience was that listening to the Spirit gave me courage to do my small thing and to trust that the Spirit is already moving and doing this work ahead of me. And I know that stuff like this happens in your lives all the time. Showing up to a cell, working to trust people, is saying yes to moving towards God. Being here in this meeting is saying yes to the Spirit of God, moving you in a direction to worship, to relate, to trust, to be part of something bigger than yourself. So I wonder what else are you hearing from the Spirit? What nudges you? Like what moves you? In a moment, we're going to talk back. There's room to talk back about that if you want to. I think that sometimes finding words for what God might be saying can help us move something in us or in someone else who is listening. So let me pray for us before we do that. God, give us the courage to listen, to keep listening to you and to one another, and help us to act, knowing that we're not alone, but that you are reconciling the whole world to yourself. And we get to participate in that as your body. Help us to do that work in little day-to-day -day moments with one another, in our households, with our neighbors. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected to a cell, you can find one under our Connect drop-down at circleofhope.net.